Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of This Is How I Find My Peace. This is the second episode in the color series. I'm super, super excited. I got my friend Lacey here. I'm so excited to talk to her. In fact, she literally woke up this morning. <laughs> like, must have been like 7 a.m. DM'd me on Instagram telling me she's so excited today uh, for this interview. So I think it's going to be great. Let's just jump into it. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Lacey. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited. <laughs> How are you? Despite COVID, I think uh gave me a chance to like relax yeah. a bit. <laughs> You know, I was I was trying to think about how we met. I think we met through Lola, right? Through the fashion shows? Or was it through Danielle? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a trick question. I, I want to say, say Lola, Lola too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, definitely Lola. I have yeah. To Lola. <laughs> Which I thought was funny because Lola was my first guest for color. And we met. Because <laughs> I love the podcast. Thanks so much, my first fan. Um, so the first thing I want to talk to you about um, is your brownness. I think often we uh, don't think of our brownness in good ways we don't think about the beauty in our heritage um so can you tell me about your heritage you know that's a good question because I'm still like investigating my roots Mm. and you know every time I think about it I'm always thinking about like the checklist on a lot of like documents where they're like are you Latino are you Latino and I'm just like "Mm." but so I am Ecuadorian but recently I found out I'm kind of mixed, which is not even surprised being Latina. But um, so my, I don't know anything about my gra- my dad's side, which sucks because like whatever. But um, my mom's side, her great, well, her grandfather actually was an Ecuadorian. He actually came from Italy, but like, huh, that's really cool. And then he like migrated to Ecuador and this was the time when Ecuador was like the big land uh, between Colombia and Peru. So it wasn't Ecuador. It was just like a big nation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, and it's kind of cool because like, you know, being Latina, like you, you're not just one color. Like you're always like, oh, tia. like, you know how they have the nicknames like, oh, negra. Like, you know, oh, it's sure. just like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, mm-hmm. huh, but like, where do I come from? Where am I from? And I'm not just from one place. Sure. That's, yeah. It's like it's a whole story. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of lot of the um, like Latinx Spanish communities, like they just we don't even know our heritage. You know what I mean? Like I hear like my white friends say like, 
there are all these things they can trace back centuries. And I'm like, where do you find this stuff? Like, I, I know a couple generations back, you know? Yeah, honestly. And then the funny thing is, like, our names mean something. It's not just a name. Like, like my last name is Ortiz Hooper, and Ortiz comes from my dad's side. But Hooper, everyone's like, isn't that a planet? Like, where do you get that name from? I'm just like, well, let me tell you the story that I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. That's one of the reasons I made this podcast, because I think we just we just don't think about our heritage or we just don't know. Um, mm. And so part of this for me is really therapeutic, like discovering my own heritage and, and my own past and learning more about it. Um, but that's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so now we both come from, from Spanish cultures, and I think Spanish cultures, like a lot of other cultures, really mm-hmm. push gender stereotypes on their kids at a young age. And so one of the things we were talking about when we were talking about doing this was like the early sexualization of young girls. Sure. Like I know we brought up an example, and I have like experience being like a child and running around a park, like being like, you know, six, maybe younger, in a little dress and falling I think I was, I like, I actually have a distinct memory of me being on like a skateboard or something and falling and my mom running over yeah. and before helping me, like picking me up, pulling down my skirt first because it had come up and it's like little things like that. Wow. And like, and, and being at a family event and being a kid and, and having my legs open cause I was hanging off a couch or something and someone being like, Oh, close your legs. And it's so weird. Like when you think back on yeah. it, so what what's your experience with this? <laughs> You know, I, I actually do share, like, the same experience about, like, being in a dress, trying to have fun, and yet everyone's always yeah. on top of you, like, keep your legs closed, this is how you have to wear your clothes, you can't show too much, and I'm like, I just want to breathe, you know, like, I just want to have fun without even thinking about my clothes, and, yeah, you know, thinking about that, like, I remember I was a kid, and I was here playing with the standard toys, Barbie, whatever, and my aunt mm-hmm. came and was like, she called me Barbie and I feel like thinking of on the back like thinking about it now I'm just like that's kind of like a backhand compliment because if you think about it a Barbie's beautiful but her shape is just like so awkward like it's normalized oh yeah and I think everyone's like we're so hard on like our cultures are so hard on ourselves like we're trying to be perfect we're trying to have the shape we're trying to also be healthy and eat all the types of food like it's it's a, it's a lot of back and forth thing that it's just like, ah, like, I just want to be me. No, oh, yeah. you know, it's funny. It's so funny no. because, like, when I learn about history, I just know it goes back to a lot. Like, it goes back to religion and then it, beco- it gets tied in with culture and traditions and it becomes this toxic environment for us, you know? Yes. Facts. Facts. <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing that I was thinking about, though, um, after we had our conversation, uh, I was kind of like thinking about what I wanted to ask you, um, but about like little girls and like and what they're wearing and telling them to constantly like cover up and all this stuff. I think it's the initialization of the idea that what a girl wearing invites what happens to her. Like whenever, you know, a girl is sexually assaulted and they're like, oh, what was she wearing? I really think that that's where it starts because these young women become um, little girls become young women who then feel really guilty of their sexuality as they get old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, every time I have this conversation, I'm just like, why? Like, why? And, and I, I know. Yeah. It's like, 
uh, like we i wish we grow out of it like i wish we're the thing is the greatest thing about this like time period is that we're talking yeah. about it kind of back into our roots because our grandfathers didn't yeah. talk about it our grandmothers didn't talk about it our mothers are slowly trying to talk about it but you know it's we just feel so ashamed of our emotions that we just try to hide behind the door or whatever yep. it is yeah yeah it sucks, it sucks. And i don't like, i don't have the slightest idea of how to solve these things all the time but i do know that i can talk about it you know yeah for sure and that's what we're here <laughs> <laughs> um so another thing um i know we were talking about was like this whole thing of like girls behaving that happened to me a lot when i was little as well um mm. i like just for instance i always wanted like toy cars and i could never get them because that was considered like a quote-unquote boyish toy um which side note like if i would have been allowed to have toy cars and to do sports and you know all that like masculine stuff that they say like if I was able to develop that side that science that math side I would have realized I wanted to be an engineer a lot earlier like I feel like everyone just has like all the things that they like just like like we close them off from things and it's like no just let them develop themselves you know um but yeah so I don't like I was trying to think of like where this comes from like I'm like can I figure this out I think a big part of it is religion um I think that like those gender stereotypes definitely come from like religious places. Uh, But, but where do you think that Mm -hmm. this fear comes from of girls acting like boys and. Oh my God. I'm so glad you asked the question because bro, I I could seriously sit down with you and talk for hours about this because first of all, yes, I truly believe it comes from religion and let's Mm -hmm. think about it. Religion where do we get it from the colonizers like spaniard like spain you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. comes all from europe and yet you know these are the same people that look at native americans and call like them savages Mm -hmm. even though they had their own community their own like farms like it's just crazy like it's kind of reversed but Mm -hmm. i do like lately i've been reading books and it's kind of like eye-awakening because a lot of there's a lot of religion in there and it's always kind of like people judging women and it just sucks because I remember one time I was reading this passage I think it was something with history and basically people were afraid that women will speak so much because they like it was kind of like oh if they speak too much the demons will come out of her mouth and I was like what the hell does it mean but then again I remember Eve supposedly tempted Adam by giving her giving him the apple and that's where it all comes from like that's mm. I feel like that's why people always just want to limit women mm-hmm. but then again we are like revolutionists like if you think about it like we can really change the world and I think that's what they're afraid of and it's just it's so powerful to think about it's also very reflecting to think about like who we are as a woman oh yeah yeah um and so something else I wanted to ask you is just like with all this stuff, with these um, these gender stereotypes pushed on us, with this early, like, sexualization, with not being able to like certain things because they're deemed, like, things that we shouldn't like, I feel myself today, like, as a young woman, as a 23-year-old, still struggling to shake these things off. Like, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. I, you know, yes, yes. And that's what I mean by we need to talk mm-hmm. about it because... I am till this day struggling and 
you know okay so let's go back to the keeping our emotions in this. Mm-hmm. i grew up in a family where we didn't like showing emotion so i was like all right i'm not gonna cry but because of that i have really bad anxiety like I keep so much to myself that I could feel my body tense up. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the worst thing to ever feel, especially when you're taking a puzzle. You don't want to feel like yeah. I feel you. Um, I feel like, I don't know. <sighs> Jesus, I don't know. It's just so much. But, like, mm-hmm. it, we, we didn't have this conversation earlier on in ages. And I never had the time to revolt in my teenage years because I was expected to do so much oh, wow. as the last yeah. female child, which is kind of like a lot of pressure. And I remember sitting in my like, advisor's um, room or whatever, and I was just like, why don't I feel? Because that was, that was the point where I was like, I don't, why don't I feel? And she was like, because you were never allowed to just express who you are. And now you're finally able to recognize that and you're trying to feel what you wanted to feel a thousand, like a years ago. And I was like, oh crap. And like, you know, I'm gonna just share a little bit about myself, but yes, I'm a Latina. Yes, I'm a female, I'm a civilian, but I'm also just, you know, gay. And having all those three minorities, it's kind of like, whoa, hold up. Mm-hmm. I was always rebellious, you know? And constantly I was like fighting for people, mm-hmm. but I never thought about myself. And the moment I thought about myself is when I entered Manhattan College, I went to a civil engineering class, and I was just like, it's only six girls mm-hmm. yep. and, like, two minorities that are female. And it, it made me think. It made me sit down and oh, think. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like, you you also felt like that. Like, Yeah, no, no, I, I totally hear yeah, you. Um, that's a lot. Like, <laughs> I was the only girl in uh, one of my classes in the morning and I was one of two people of color so uh so that's there like (laughs) and people don't realize like how much you feel that when you walk into a room you're like okay that's a thing like it is something you notice um but no to all your points like um I love everything that you're saying uh thank you so much for being so honest um and I totally hear you like these are, and, and it, it'll seem like little things when you're growing up. It's like somebody says this thing here. Um, somebody like doesn't show their emotions once. So you feel like you shouldn't. And you just carry that shit with you. Um, and, and it's little things. Like even today, one thing mm-hmm. I've noticed um, is like with quarantine and, and being in lockdown and everything, I've been trying to like work out quite a bit at home and just, you know, stay active, stay moving. Um and I've noticed because I've been doing it consistently, like myself toning up in places and like muscles and things. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But one of the first things that went through my head when I noticed it was like, oh, don't get too bulky because that's not feminine. And I'm like, like I had to push it away. Yes. Like, what? Oh no, she was strong. Oh, like, it. <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I mean. Like we're always self-judging. Like we're always looking at ourselves like, hmm. And it's funny because, like, mm-hmm. we're so focused on, our, like, our physical, like, yeah. but I'm pretty sure you, you felt good working out, but you're also like, oh, I don't want to do too much because whatever the reason is, I feel that. I feel that every single time I go to the gym, I'm just like, uh, I'm wearing these, yeah. like, baggy clothes. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, I, I don't think that people realize how much of an impact these things have on you. Um. And I mean, I, you know, as I said, today is like a 23 year old woman. I'm like, I'm still, these are things that I fight against every day that I have to 
learn how to like reject this thinking that's been pushed on me my whole life. Yeah, it's... <laughs> like I always laugh when I think about this because you like all oh, the problem. No, really. Like... <laughs> um, Lola always says this. Lola always says that when you're the only person that looks like you in a room, you're doing pioneering work. Um, and I think that like us being very few women in the field that we're in, um, I know you're civil, I'm mechanical, um, us being like Latina, like the more of us that there are, the more it becomes normal. So I think it's really important for us to just keep working through that uncomfortable, those uncomfortable things, those uncomfortable conversations like this, you know, um, because people are going to listen to this and they're going to relate to it. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like when I when I found out you had a podcast, like I saw it, I was like, oh my god, it's awesome! And then I took the time to sit down. I actually appreciate everywhere. I was like, yeah, snap, snap, everywhere. And it's true. It's so true. Like that's why I'm so helpful. Like I want to see another me or like whatever it is out there. Like I want to really see a female or Latina or whatever. Like I want my minorities out mm-hmm. there because we need our voices to be heard. Okay, let me tell you something. My job, wow. I'm the only female inspector there. And I, I'm i just like, uh, great. <laughs> and then I, I could feel the awkwardness. Like, some people are yeah. like, should I say this joke? And, you know, I'm very chill, like, whatever. But when I do see, like, a few Latinas up there, I'll be like, hi, I don't know you, but I'm going to introduce myself. Yeah. To you. This is, this no, is I love that. I think <laughs> that is so, so, so important. Um, I have a mentor where I work. Um, and she's a woman of color and, and she's, she's been at the company for like 20 something years. And she's the one who always says like, the more of us that there are, the more normal it becomes. And her saying that made me like feel so much better. And I really think about it every day at work because I, there, there's quite a few people of color at my job, but in the lab that I work in specifically, I am like the only woman. Um, and like, I get the comments of like, Oh, "Oh, you don't want to touch this. You don't want to get dirty. Like, th- that's something that is said to me very often. And it's wild to mm. me because I did four years of engineering school. And I spent over a year working on airplanes. <laughs> I come into this lab. Yeah. And they're like, oh, oh you don't want to get oh, dirty. That's awful. Like, <laughs> it's, it's really incredible to me that, like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It's got to be different from the other side. And I try and put myself in, like, you know, somebody else's, like, viewpoint. But, and... I don't know, maybe because I walk in and like a little blouse, they're like, oh, I don't know if she can do this. But I'm like, airplanes, bro. Air- I did airplanes. Like, why do you think I can't? <laughs> I find myself like going back to that in my head all the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, for sure. I feel like people just judge without like. Yeah, and, and I don't think that people realize like, because, you know, it's there and, and it wouldn't bother me so much if it wasn't for the fact that sometimes I feel like it affects the stuff that I work on. Like sometimes I think that they're like, like when they say, Oh, you don't want to touch this. That's, that's work. I don't get Mm -hmm. to do that stuff. I don't get to learn about and experience because they just, do you know what I mean? So like, it it doesn't even bother me that much if you're like making a joke about it. It's just that it genuinely could affect my career growth that I have a problem with, you know, (laughs) you know, that's so true because I do, re- uh, you know, it's funny because everything is just coming up. And I'm like, I remember I sat in my history class and my professor was just talking about how a lot of, there's a lot of tests 
for women and they're like kind of different for them than guys whatever but there's some careers that you know women are not able to do because of the requirements because they don't think they're strong enough and I'm like we like we carry a whole generation on our back sometimes like we just gave birth to people we're over here like taking care of our families growing at a faster rate than most people have to I'm yeah. pretty sure we could have done um, that. <laughs> I, saw, no? I saw an interview recently of Katy Perry. Um, I, I think she just had a baby, but it was when she was pregnant. And the interviewer was like, um, he said something to the point of like um, her having a baby and doing work or something. And she was like, said, bit paraphrasing, she said something like, oh, um, I think that that is so archaic. And she was like, I think the reason that women get to uh, – like you know carry a baby and to give birth is because they can do it you know they can do the job they can take care of children and I was like wow I've never heard somebody talk about like motherhood like that before like it's always um I'm reading I'm reading a lean in right now by Sheryl Sandberg um and she talks about how you have to handle motherhood in the workplace and a lot of times people are like oh women have to take time away from work and that can set them up like behind in their career and it's just this whole other like viewpoint that no, actually we can do it. We can do both. Like the reason that we get to do that is because we can handle it. And it's crazy because hearing that for me is like, is like mind blowing. Like no one ever says this. <laughs> like I know that we can do it, but it's like yeah. just hearing people talk about it is like you you just you just don't hear it. Like it's really incredible. Yeah, you know what? Okay. That reminds me oh, of yeah. the election mm-hmm. four years ago. Was it four years ago? With Hillary and Trump. No one asked him about being a grandfather. No one asked him about being a father. But they were asking Hillary so many questions about what she wore. How, like, wouldn't she be too busy to be a grandmother? All these questions. And I was like, are you, are you kidding <laughs> me? Like, there's other questions yeah, to ask. Yeah, Come it, on it's, now. it's incredible. Um, yeah, and, and again, that's one of the things I don't think people really realize, that it's not just these stupid offhand comments. It's the fact that this stuff can also affect someone's career. People think less of her because of that, you know? They think that she's not fit to be president because of that. Like, that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous reason. No matter your, you know, political opinions about this person, that reason, that's a stupid reason. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and... Like, oh my God, I can't. Like, and mm-hmm. uh, all right, I remember I sat down with my sister and we were just talking about like how she was scared to get married because now she will have different expectations. And I was just like, what? Like, because her, her, her mentality, my mentality are completely different. I'll be like, just go out yeah. there, do what you want to do, don't care, right? But her mentality, she's like, she's, I think, 20, 15 years old. I don't know, she's older. And I know her mentality mm-hmm. is different because of how she grew up. And she was scared to get married because now she would have to be a wife. And she felt like that would hold her back from so much. And to me, I was just like, wow. Wow, wow. Like, that holds us back on so many levels. On, like, the way people view mm-hmm. us. And, and it also affects the way seconds. we view ourselves as well. So, like I said, I'm reading Lean In. And um, in the book, Sheryl Sandberg talks about how... Um, being a mother doesn't affect women right before they become a mother. It affects them way ahead of time. Years down the line, women will start to not take higher positions like in the workplace because they think that they won't be able to handle it when they are a mother. 
And so it, that starts to set them like down and like, like while a man will just keep climbing and climbing and climbing at some point in, in a woman's career, she'll just stop so that, sh- that if she plans on having kids, she'll be able to handle it. And it's like, that, that's just yet another reason that like men can just get ahead of the game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, I heard that so many times, but like every time I hear it, it's more like, it's not a shock, mm-hmm. but it's just like, oh, crap, you're so right again. I think, I honestly yeah. feel like we need to talk about this over and over and over because we know this, but yeah. there's still people that are like, so that's not true, just you. do what you gotta do. Yeah. Like, how I it, told my sister, but... It's so ingrained in you, yeah, to the point where, you, like, while you. I'm reading this book right now, I find myself having to look at things over because that is so something I would do. I would so be like, oh, I need to plan ahead. Like, as a woman, I need to be able to handle everything mm-hmm. that I can do. I don't want to set myself up for failure, you know? Um, but that, that's so something that I know that I would do. And so I have to, like, unlearn this stuff. I have to take mental notes to be like, no, it's okay. You can handle it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Like, I, I think that's why... We always need to give credit. That's why I feel like social media is so strong because I mm-hmm. see all these stories where it's like single mothers with this child was able to accomplish double masters. And I'm like, exactly. We could do it. We've seen people do it. There's so many people that could do it. How come when uh, it's so upsetting that when people actually do accomplish something, it's like she was a mother and yeah. she was able to accomplish it. She's a person. She could do it. Everyone, like, everyone could do it. Yeah. Us as engineers, we yeah. did it. Like, no, I totally hear you. Um, I do have a random question. Do you have any advice that you would tell your younger self? <laughs> I have so much of it. First of all, I'd be like, relax, like chill out. I am mm-hmm. such a calculator. Like I'm always like, I gotta do oh, that, this that, at this that's time. That's that engineer mindset. Time, I do it. And hell, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I think I was an engineer. The moment <laughs> I think everybody looks like, like what the hell? There were all the points that told me in my life I should have been an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I'll be telling myself like just do what you love and make sure you don't really listen to anyone else unless mm-hmm. they like they're your support system you know there's a lot of haters out there and i'm just like bro this is none of your business like, that's what i'm gonna think about if i ever have a hater bro this is none of your business <laughs> that's what i'm gonna hear in my head <laughs> honestly but you know a lot of yeah you know, we don't take our own advice so hopefully like <laughs> I keep my advice right now. Um, okay, so Lacey, I see you on Instagram all the time. Um, and I love how much you speak about issues going on in the world. And you're always posting ways uh, to help out in your community. Um, and I think they're really informative because it's stuff that, I mean, also being from New York City, uh, also going to school there with you. I like that there are things that I don't even see and I don't know about. Um, and I see a lot of people ignoring what's going on in their communities. Mm-hmm. What makes you so empathetic? I honestly, I just, that's a good question. <laughs> I feel, mm. I think it has to go to my parents. Like, I I honestly did see the difference between my father and my mother. And I see that my mother, she is, like, whenever I go back mm. to Ecuador, I see how much the community loves her. And it's, besides her, like, personality, I see why. Like, she, 
I don't want to cut. I want to say this, but like, I hope it's okay. She's like a Juan Pablo, <laughs> but without the killing and the drugs. If that makes sense. No, Pablo. Sorry, Pablo Escobar. Sorry, I said Juan Pablo. Why I said that? But um, like she, she. I remember she bought this whole apartment for my uncle, but also for like the people around, and made sure the rent was like low enough so they could afford it. Mind you, you know Ecuador yeah. is like, really poor. They're still struggling, and she's always sending money back and i'm just like yeah this is how we build the community like this is literally how we build the community so you know i live in harlem and you know there's a lot of history in harlem and i see a lot of stuff and i'm just like i'm always like i wish i could help i wish i could help and then i realize i am gonna try to help i'm not just gonna keep wishing i'm just gonna try so that's why i try to like post repost a lot of stuff and put my little comments in there so people actually know what i'm thinking about it and I think knowledge is power. The moment, that's why I'm mean. like, if we're able yeah. to speak on it, well, that's when the conversation starts. That's when we sit down, we're like, oh, you're so right about that. And yeah, you know, we're going to be in a few arguments here and there, but we have to be able mm-hmm. to actually speak our minds without fear. And once we start that, we're just going to keep going. I, I, I notice a lot of times that when I do let people rant and I give them attention, mm-hmm. it means a lot, you know? So imagine all those people oh, yeah. that want to speak, but they're not able to. I, I think that's what I always try to keep in mind. And I always try to just remember, like, okay, maybe if I can make someone laugh, someone to just, like, let their mind go on and on about something, maybe I could cause mm-hmm. a change. Maybe I could help them. And it, it's so simple, like things like that. It's it, it goes a long way. It's yeah, simple it's acts, the little but it things. Goes a I think way. a lot about like our own people power, um, and how much power we have in our voices. Um, and I just think it's really important that if you can speak up, that you do. That if you can go to a protest, if you're available, that you go. Um, I don't think that people know how much power is in their voice, um, and how much power they hold just by sending an email to you know a representative mm-hmm. to a congressperson. Um, like you alone can initiate so much change. And I know people hear them and they're like, oh, what can I do? But I I will say this (laughs) a thousand times over. There are industries that make thousands, millions off of you feeling like an individual and that you can't help out in the world around you. And I think that if that like, you Mm. know, we can really change stuff. Like the way you talked earlier about, um, women being silenced, I think that we silence things that we're afraid of. If we think that something can hinder our power, mm-hmm. um, you know, can get stronger than us, uh, we'll silence it. Um, and I think it's really important to not let people silence you. Yes. <laughs> Highlight that point. I love it. Because we are, we're always thinking like, uh I'm gonna argue I don't want to lose but like Mm -hmm. it's true like I don't want to lose my voice it's so easy to like fall into this sad place where you're like I'm never gonna like change the world so so many simple things to change anyone yeah and and it's just bullshit I think it's just your voice is valuable and it's powerful and it matters I think that's so important Mm mm-hmm and we oh, see it yeah. right now. We definitely see it right now. Like, so many, in such, okay, COVID was like a mess up place, whatever, year, 2020, is whatever. But <laughs> we, every protest we make, every 
fight we fight it's mm-hmm. just we're seeing the change and i think we're that even if the changes change. are small i think that more people are seeing how important their voice is and what kind of changes can happen if we all just mm-hmm. come together mm-hmm. hell yeah you know like it's kind of it's so funny because i remember i was i was standing in front of the team and i was like ma you really need to listen to you can't listen to everything yeah you gotta really really need to start research your shit out Cause they're getting paid by somebody. And she was like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" Cause like my mom watched novellas. She was telling, she watches Telemundo, like all this shit. And I'm like, "Ma, they're getting paid by somebody." And then when I sat down and I talked to her and I told her stuff, yeah. she was like, "Oh crap." <laughs> no, I love that. All right, thank you so much for being here, Lacey. Oh, I'm so excited. I love it. I love what you're doing. Thank you. This is amazing. Um, do you want to share your social media? Do you have anywhere people can find you? Hell yeah. So um, I should probably share my homepage too, but whatever. You'll find it. It's <laughs> okay. So let me let me give both my Instagram. So my Instagram, my personal whatever, is simply Lacy. Simply. And then Lacey's L-E-I-C-Y. That's where I'd be at. You'll see my, yes. my repost about a thousand things. And then my poem page is, is Jupy's bag, because I'd be my bag, but whatever. It's J-U-P-I-S under, yeah. underline, under whatever, bag. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. I didn't even know you had a poem page. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta work on it. I gotta work on it. I I'll, I'll put my stuff in there. <laughs> some love on both your pages. Thank you so much for being here, Lacey. Thank you, Amber. <laughs> I'll talk to you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>Thank you so much for listening to This Is How I Find My Peace. This was the second episode in the color series. We've got some more plans and I'm really excited about them. If you like this episode, please give it a rating and possibly a review. It helps people find the podcast. Thanks again and I'll see you next time. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.